Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Ben Worthy, the podcast, a special conversation series that provides a safe space for women of color to share their worthy aha moment. I'm your host, Dominique Clark. And sis, I'm here to remind you that you've been worthy. Today, I introduce you to someone who is so smooth and experiencing her presence and her authenticity is just so incredibly comforting and heartwarming. She's incredibly talented. And so I'm excited to introduce you to none other than Lydia Blanco. She is a journalist who focuses on entrepreneurship, career, and lifestyle. Throughout her career, she has reported on education, financial literacy, tech, health, and more at NBC News, Black Enterprise, Forbes, and a variety of publications. Learn more about this Benworthy beauty and her worthy aha moment now. Okay, so I am so excited to introduce you all to my girl, Miss Lydia T. Blanco. You already heard how amazing she is and all the incredible things that she's done as a journalist, as a media personality, host, podcaster, all the things. Um, So I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today. And I have to say, I was initially introduced to her on social media from her work as a journalist, right? We're both in the journalism space. Um, But then we participated in this media panel together and I was so captivated by her voice. (laughs) Her voice had us all like, girl, we can listen to you all day. (laughs) She has such a beautiful, soulful, soothing voice. Um, And it actually, your voice listening to you and, and participating on this panel with you is what led me to become a follower of your podcast. Cause I'm like, I just like hearing her talk and I know she has some dope things to talk about. So I need to go on over there and subscribe and listen to her podcast. Um, but before we get into, you know, your work as a journalist, your work as a podcaster and all the other things, um, welcome to Ben Worthy, the podcast. Yes. Thank you. I love the title. Oh my goodness. More than you know. <laughs> thank you. So take me back to when you were a little girl, you know, you had hopes and dreams and all that good stuff. Who did you want to become? Oh, little Lydia wanted to be a hybrid of Ricky Lake and Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Ricky Lake because of her bubbliness and her candor and Oprah because she looked like me. She was a boss. She was hard hitting. And you could tell that she was on top of her game. Mm -hmm. That's who I wanted to model after. And I think it showed up a lot earlier in my work until I realized, you know what? You need to focus on being the best Lydia Blanco. Yeah. Especially since I'm my, my grandmother's grandchild <laughs> and she had these prayers for me that I was always reminded of. And she just wanted such great things for me. So I was like, you know what? Let me focus on her a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, for those of you uh, who are our younger listeners, you may not know who a Ricky Lake is, okay? <laughs> Lydia and I grew up on Ricky Lake. She was a 90s, like a 90s TV show host. Um, yes. Great show, great guest. Like Lydia said, the bubbly personality. Um, it was certainly a show we all tuned into daily. Mm. And, you know, she brought it and we loved it. And I'm sure um, it inspired many of us in different ways, Um through her career on television. I miss Ricky. Like, what is she doing these days? You know what I saw recently? She did like a big chop and everybody was here for it. I was like, oh, she actually has a head and a face for this, <laughs> right? But I'm not really sure <laughs> what she's up to these days, but shout outs to her because there aren't many women um, who are able to speak to different groups mm-hmm. and communities of women and just people in general. And I think she had, she was able to do that, right? I'm still talking about her in 2021. So shout out to her and of course, Oprah, who doesn't want to be our auntie, but you know, big O. (laughs) (laughs) We can't speak enough about how amazing Oprah is. Um, Right. So tell me, Lydia, who are you now? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm I'm ever evolving Mm -hmm. and I am a storyteller. I'm a sister, a daughter. I'm Oatmeal's uh, mom, that's my dog. And, uh, you know, I'm a lover, honestly. In addition to being like a hard worker and a risk taker, I am a lover. And I really strive to ensure that love shows up in everything that I do, in my work, in my relationships, in the way that I serve, in the way that I show up. So that's a bit about who I am. Yes, I love it. I love it, especially the lover piece. Um, yes come on love coach (laughs) yes exactly you know I would love that right (laughs) (laughs) so you've done all these amazing things you've written for so many major publications you know you're an international speaker what was the beginning like you know sometimes I feel like it's still the beginning Uh (laughs) and I don't know if that's me being a little bit too humble or modest I don't know but sometimes I feel like it's still the beginning even with as much work that I've put in right or as much as I've put in the beginning was not cute it wasn't (laughs) pretty there was nothing glamorous about it I was sweating a lot I was carrying too much weight literally you know I probably was heavier a bit in my life weight wise but I also had this mentality and this idea that I had to carry everything with me I had to have my camera all of my equipment the books the notepad you know backup recorders and battery pads I was carrying too much ish okay and I was sweat going from place to place thank goodness I am like you know really good about hygiene because somebody's (laughs) probably like but you know it looked like that. It looked like yeah. me literally knocking on doors, walking up on people who have fancy cameras in public spaces because I was curious. I wanted to know what they were working on and how we could be connected. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a lot of late nights, early mornings. Oh, it was not pretty, Dom. Like, it was not <laughs> pretty at all, but I'm so grateful for it, right? Because it reminds me that you have to put in the work. Yeah. And then it also teaches me at this point in my career what I don't have to do, what it doesn't have to look like. So as I'm mentoring, as I'm having different conversations with people, I'm like, well, you know what? You don't have to show up that way, not because I did, but because I did and I learned from it. And now I'm going to, you know, share with you. So that's a lot 
of what the beginning looked like. Yeah, I'm sure in the beginning, for many, you know, there is this um, battle with fear, right? Mm-hmm. Will I make Absolutely. it? Am I enough? You know, am I, you know, Tiffany Haddish just shared this beautiful segment, you know, a clip where she found out she won a Grammy, you know, in the middle of hosting this, this new show that's coming. And she was so excited. And she talked about, you know, the fear of being enough. Well, I have the strength to really carry this role out and see this through, you know? And so tell me about if you had an encounter with fear, and if so, what was your exit plan for fear? Okay. <laughs> so what you're going to do is continue to ask me these incredible questions, but I'm here for it because I live for a thoughtful and genuine question. That was an excellent question. Oh my goodness. You know, it reminds me of something, you're welcome, that my father shared with me and my sister really early before social media, before anyone claimed to coin it, and we all don't know where it comes right, but the acronym or an acronym believed to describe fear and false evidence appearing real. And I I kept that with me. I can't remember how old I was, but I was standing outside of the house and my dad, sister, and I would have these long conversations and he shared that. And I was like, okay, how much of this am I making up? That's the question I often have to ask myself. How much of this am I making up? And then experience allows me to answer that question. And oftentimes the most high places people in my space immediately to answer that question, I'm like, okay, it's me, it's me, right? <laughs> so I've had to do a lot of things afraid yeah. and honestly overcoming and working through, or let's say working through and overcoming imposter syndrome, I've been, ooh, I've been dealing with a lot of fear, you know, fearful things or scary things that were up here in my head, yeah. right? Uh, I'm trying to think of one, you know what, I'll just, I'll go back to something that I had to do afraid. And it wasn't that long ago. It was actually around this time last year. And I was a part of a press junket for Netflix's Stuff Made. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget being thrown into that because there was a lot going on with COVID. The editor who was on assignment had been in contact, could no longer go. And they were like, Lydia, you have to go. And I was like, okay, that's great. I can do this. This is fine, right? But when I got there, I was overwhelmed with the amount of information. I only had, I had less than 24 hours to prepare. I had to make sure my hair was done. I looked like I was on par and that I would be able to have an articulate conversation as I was asking these questions. And I began to binge watch the series, right? So it was a lot. And I was like, okay. I walked into the room and Blair Underwood remembered who I was from when I was just doing social media in the same room as him. He was like, Lydia Blanco, class act. I was like, this man remembers who I am. Like (laughs) everyone respectfully knows this man as a zaddy, right? This is what the internet has dubbed this grown man who was old enough to be our fathers. So we respect him as such, right? But everyone can see with their natural eye that this man is very handsome. So I was like, oh my gosh, Blair Underwood remembers who I am. I have a conversation with Octavia Spencer and she was like, okay, your shoes, your hair, and I was like, I think these are like Vince Camuto shoes. Like you could definitely <laughs> afford these. Says, but thank you for the compliment. Oh my gosh. Like, all right. And then 
after speaking to the uh, casting directors, writers, producers, showrunners, I called into a conference line and Tiffany Haddish was on the line. This is this was the moment and I bring her up and this is what I was reminded of when you mentioned her moment recently, but she got on the phone and she is very much so, hey girl, hey. And she was like, Lydia Blanco, girl, where do I know you from? I know you. And I was like, we never had a conversation, but I've dreamed of this moment. You're my cousin in my head. And even though I can't fit your clothes, I want to go through your closet. And she was like, girl, yes, you know what I'm saying? When you come down, like that, I was like, <laughs> okay. Like it took us, I don't know how long to actually get into the interview. Yeah. And then she kept stopping the interview because that's just her thing, but she was still sticking to her points. But at that moment, I was reminded that I had everything that I needed. Mm. And I also had to ask myself again, how much of this am I making up? I walked into the room, I was taken care of. I'm cracking jokes with Bill Bellamy and having conversations with Madam C.J. Walker's great-granddaughter, or great-great-granddaughter, excuse me if I got that wrong. But everyone was waiting for me and anticipating our conversation. And here I was second guessing myself, wondering if I had enough time to prepare and questioning why in the world did I get thrown into this at the last minute? Am I being set up for failure? And then there were people there waiting for me. Wow. You met the moment. There were people mm-hmm. waiting for you, which I'm, and not just anybody, right? You're talking about A-list <laughs> celebrities, people that we adore and look up to. They're in our favorite films and, and things like that. I'm sure even to meet the moment, you had to have an understanding of your worth, your worth in this space, in this industry. And so here on Been Worthy, the podcast, you know, what makes this podcast so special to me is that I get to speak with women of color like yourself and give them an opportunity to share their worthy aha moment. And I have defined, you know, the worthy aha moment as that moment in life where it hits that not only are you worthy of the things that love and life have to offer, but you realize that you've been worthy and you started moving accordingly. So tell me about your worthy aha moment. Take me there. Oh, that uh, that is powerful. I'm taking that with me, okay? (laughs) And you know now how I feel about being worthy because so many of us struggle with our worth. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I've recently encountered a number of worthy aha moments, but one that really sticks out to me is when a, a, a sweet friend of mine sent me an email. She was like, you need to listen to these affirmations. Tony Jones, affirmations for grown ass women. And I was yes. like, oh, okay. It's okay, girl. I was like, I guess I'm a grown woman, right? But I had an aha moment when listening to one of her her tracks in its worth ethic. And there's all these affirmations, some things that I've heard before, but the way that she is charging us to hold ourselves to a standard and to not get work ethic confused with worth ethic was a really worthy aha moment for me. It is a pandemic, year two of the pandemic. Yeah. And I know how I've put in work. Oh my goodness. And I know the conversations I've had with people about my worth and yeah. owning it and charging people for it and this, that, and the third. But when I listened to that affirmation track for the first time 
there was something within me, spirit aligned automatically. I was like, this is what I need to be feeding myself. And now I've adopted the terminology, right? Worth ethic. And so that was my moment. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to go listen to that. (laughs) I will email this to you ASAP. Yes, I am so excited and I'm actually greatly anticipating what I'm going to experience because that sounds amazing, worth ethic. And I can only imagine um, the other way she helps us uh, gather ourselves and get ourselves together. (laughs) Oh my goodness, she's got some incredible affirmations. Yes, coins. She's getting you into your divine feminine and helping you deal with the F boys and everything is on there. I'm like, oh my gosh, where have you been (laughs) on my life? (laughs) Okay, so immediately when we're done, I am going to find this or get the email, uh, look out for the email you'll send me and go listen to it myself because I love an affirmation. I live by affirmations. I write affirmations. And so I would love to go and, um, and hear that. So, and thank you for sharing that. Um, Thank you for sharing that. So as a journalist, you have been able to write the stories of so many, right? I'm sure you have written many parts of your own story. How did you start accepting the parts of your stories or your story rather that you didn't write? I'm trying not to- If y'all can see Lydia's face right now. I'm trying not to yell in these people's ear. Have too many. Mm, uh, you know, I know sometimes that can be annoying. And I'm trying not to be annoying right now. But when I tell you, I am just here for the questions. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you something. When people take the time to put together good questions or to think deeply about what they would want to ask you to better learn you, that is something that you should not take lightly. Mm. And when I get a good question, it honestly is something that I take with me everywhere I go. Cause I'm like, okay, you know what? I can be asking myself that at this point in my life. Yeah. Or maybe it's just something that I should ask someone else, right? Of course, I would not take your questions and pass them off as my own, but in personal conversation, that is a great question. It helps me to reflect. So there go your flowers again. Thank you. I will not charge you this time, right? (laughs) But, oh, honestly, there have been a lot of highs and lows in my personal life. Things that I'm still processing and understanding, having challenging conversations with my parents about, deeply rooted conversations with my sister about, and things that I'm just now starting to share with close friends and other family members, let alone the public, right? But I become more comfortable with those parts of my story when I become more comfortable with who the Most High has called me to be. And so there's a lot of work in that, a lot of deep crying, sitting, (laughs) meditating, and like even hard conversations with myself. I'm like, do I need to punch the air right now? (laughs) Right? I know therapy is a real thing for those who have the luxury of being able to participate, but having those moments helped me to be okay. And being okay with being uncomfortable helped me to be okay with those parts of my story. Yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. And it's so it's so true as we begin to accept those parts of ourselves, those parts of our story, 
um, you know, for me and my own personal experience, it has made me um, a fuller woman. It has mm-hmm. made me a more relatable woman. Um, I have, it has allowed me to have deeper connection and relationship with other people. Um, and it has just grown me. And I think in many ways allowed me to love myself in a way that I don't know if I was challenged, if I wasn't challenged in certain ways that I would have been charged to do. So um, I'm right. with you. Yes. I'm with you on well, that. We I together. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you said you're here for the questions. But as I was scrolling through your website, I was here for the fun, interesting facts, okay? <laughs> I said, okay, Lydia, I love you even more now, okay? So yes. there was one line um, that really took me out. You said that um, you are a rapper and you're getting ready to release a mixtape. And I was like, well, Lydia, do you got bars? Are you ready to share like four bars with me? Right now, oh like, what's going on? I am a shy rapper. So I began writing poetry early. Mm -hmm. And in writing, I learned that I could also freestyle. So I would often have like these random battles with, okay, my sister is not the best rapper, but she knows that and I love her. So shout outs to you. But I would begin to freestyle. And there was even a point in time in high school where I recorded a song with friends in the neighborhood and other people from high school heard it and I was so embarrassed, but they were like, you don't sound bad. Like what's wrong? I was like, I'm scared of my own voice. I don't want to do this right. So often when I'm speaking with people, they're like, oh, Lydia, that was a bar. I was like, oh yeah, actually write that down. Right. But I am actually working on a project right now and it definitely will be, you know, an ode to me always sharing that I am a rapper and my mixtape is dropping June 3rd. <laughs> right. It's always on iTunes. But, you know, I love music and yeah. I love good quality hip hop. Like if I was a rapper, yeah, I would be a nice mix of Kendrick Lamar, a bit of Drake when he wrote, but definitely more Kendrick. And I definitely would have to come hard like a, a Jay-Z. I can see all yeah. of that. I can yeah. see. Yeah, like I just have like a good swag. Yeah. But then I wouldn't want to live my life like Diddy. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> he's always living his best life. Um, okay. So you also shared that your dream interviewee is Beyonce, or at least one of them, right? Um, we know that she just had a recent historic, you know, Grammy night. Um, what would you ask her if you had the chance? You know what? I really want to have a conversation with Beyonce about sisterhood. Mm. I do. I want to talk to her about how she loves Solange, how she shows up for her and things that she has learned because it looks like they push one another. And so that would be one of the things that I, you know, I would speak with her about among the many African spirituality. Oh my gosh, high on the list. But just anything I could talk to her if I had one second I don't know what my question would be but definitely those two for sure yeah no I I am with you especially on the sisterhood part um because I think that to your point about Solange we don't really get to see obviously those intimate moments and how she's showing up for her Mm -hmm. um 
I think I would like to be a fly on the wall too. I would also love to have been in the elevator or post elevator after the the altercation with Jay Z and the conversation was like right then. Right, I don't condone violence, but any woman who is willing to, you know, throw hands for her sister is all right. (laughs) I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation. Okay, so I mentioned earlier that, you know, in being introduced to this beautiful voice of yours, you know, it led me to your podcast, which is called the Get My Life Tour. Um, I have become a fan. I was listening earlier today to your latest um, episode to date um, that's entitled A Celebration Every Time You Show Up. And you're really just you know, paying homage to all the people who have shown up and listened and kind of been down with you for this ride and, you know, people from all over the world and your excitement for them, you know, being, a, you know, being in your audience and listening to you and showing up all the time. Early in this episode, you say with such conviction, I'm satisfied, right? And that just hit my spirit mm-hmm. because You know, when you think of satisfaction as a destination, um, it's not an easy place to arrive to for many, right? A lot of people are striving for just an ounce of satisfaction, right? What does satisfaction mean to you? And when did you realize you had arrived there? Another one, (laughs) another one, okay. Ah, my goodness. I remember learning the root word or one of the root words of satisfaction being enough. And Mm. when I learned that, I was like, oh, like, what is enough? Like, what is enough? What what is going to be enough for me? And honestly, that is what I feel. That was what I was describing on that stop of the tour. I was like, this is enough for me. And I haven't felt that way, honestly, in a lot of the work that I've done. I always felt like I had to do more for more, Yeah. right? And so now I'm like, this is it, you know, beyond dollars and cents, beyond how many people are showing up or the numbers, like this is enough. Me being able to show up the way I've always wanted to show up that's enough. That's satisfying for me. Me not having to put on airs or, you know, be performance oriented. That makes me feel so good. Right. So being able to feel that way just is everything. Yeah. And I really hope that people understand that it's not a destination. Mm -hmm. I think we can have so many experiences with being or of being satisfied but that also requires you to be present right sometimes we're going from this thing to the next if you're not being self-aware if you are not present you're going to miss out on those opportunities to be fulfilled and that's you know why a lot of people you know who are grinding who are hustling who are always you know on to the next thing feel like that's how they have to live their lives but when we slow down yeah. It's like, oh, what's that feeling? Oh, I'm satisfied. Oh, I'm actually good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> you know what I love about you, Lydia? I love that. You know, and, and you you can, I'm sure you've probably had this experience before. As someone who 
interviews other people. Sometimes you can ask them questions about their own story, about themselves, and um, they can fall flat. They may not be able to really speak to the things that you've read in their bio or that you've learned about them online and things like that. <laughs> but you have, you're, this, you're living what you've written. You are living the experiences that you allow us to get a sneak peek on, on social media and things like that. And you can fully speak to all the elements of who you are. I mean, you're talking about root words and everything else and you're, <laughs> you're not defining you all the things. And I'm like, yes. I, I love that and I appreciate that. I applaud you for that, um, for just being who you say you are and living that every day and being able to speak Thank to you. that woman that we're getting the opportunity to get to know, you know, and bits and pieces through social media and online and, and through your, you, you know, through who you are as a journalist and things like that. So thank you for that. I just wanted to side note <laughs> that I appreciate Thank you. <laughs> you know, I am learning how to receive mm -hmm. and for you to share that with me, my heart is smiling. So thank you. Because here's the other part of that. Sometimes we meet those people and we become intimidated by them or we question them or we don't know how to fully celebrate them. Yeah. I imagine one of the reasons, right, that you're able to say that is because that's who you are, right? Yes. And real recognize real in other words. And I really appreciate you taking the time to even share that with me publicly. Right, because we'll say a lot of things behind doors, like we know you buy them, right? Oh, okay, cool. And then when you have an opportunity to speak publicly, you're like, oh yeah, she's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you, thank you. You are welcome. And like I said, thank you, I, I appreciate it. I wanna talk about you being a media etiquette coach, right? You, uh, on your site also, you say that you are an accurate reporter an advocate for media literacy and that you value understanding the business of journalism. Can we start there? I love that, right? Because a lot <laughs> of people enter this industry or really in, sometimes, you know, some, some industries that seem, you know, more glamorous than others and they just want to be a part of it. And they, you know, they think it's easy and all that stuff, but there is an understanding of the business. There is etiquette. There's a way that you have to navigate this thing that truly separates you from being able to be an accurate reporter and someone who understands media literacy and being able to show up as a respectable journalist. Like that takes, you know, that's not anything you can just jump into because you think it looks cute, <laughs> you know, on social media. Right. Um, I'm sure those things led to you wanting to coach others in the same way. Tell me about your work as a media etiquette coach. You know, what you said is completely accurate. And in my, on my journey, I've had a lot of my time wasted. And honestly, that was is that's what has pushed me towards coaching. Okay. Honestly, you know, sometimes we get the moment we're not prepared and no one wants to fumble the ball or the bag in life, right? So I'm able to partner with different professionals with within the media industry, honestly, and those who are just trying to, you know, fine tune their skills as they land press opportunities. So I sit with people, I'm having these really intimate conversations, these mock interviews, giving them real time feedback. 
and coaching them through things like, okay, let's work on your body language. Let's learn on, you know, let's learn how to better craft our narrative, your narrative. What are your three points? What are you going to do? How are you going to show up? A lot of my work is helping people to own their story, but also to show up as their best selves and capitalize on every moment. Yeah. I love that. And how can one who's listening, who says, you know what, I want to hire Lydia as my media etiquette coach. How can they connect with you in that way? You know, it would be great for them to visit my website and then use the contact form. Let me know, you know, that you're interested. And from there, we can continue the conversation, have a one-on-one call and then continue with the process. Okay. So in my opinion, the present is bright for you, right? And the future is even brighter. So talk to me from, talk to your present self from your future self. What do you have to look forward to? First and foremost, I would tell Lydia, everything is already all right. Mm. And you have everything that you've been manifesting to look forward to. You know, right now you are enough, you have enough and continue to trust who God has called you to be. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I end every episode with this rapid fire game. Um, So I'm going to say a word and in five seconds Uh or less, I want you to tell me the first word that comes to mind when you hear it, okay? (laughs) All right. Uh You up for the challenge? I'm up, I'm up. Okay, here we go. Self-love. Necessary. Happiness. Healing. Fear. Real. Storytelling. Powerful. Women. Everything. (laughs) Black. (laughs) The beginning. The beginning. Oh, I love that, Lydia. Okay, (laughs) worthy. You, me, and whoever else is tuned in. I cheated a bit. (laughs) Look, I'll make an exception for that. I love that. (laughs) So in ending this episode, this beautiful episode with you, every Wednesday on social media, you, you share a with love Lydia Wednesday message, right? If you had to leave us with one right now, what would it be? I would throw it back to one that I shared not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And it's that you're already winning. Mm. You're already winning. And when you have that mentality, there's no way that you can lose. Mm. You are not your own competition. You are no one's competition. You're in the lane of your own. You are already winning and do not be alarmed by the sound of your own gun and forfeit your rights prematurely. Come on, y'all. Can we all give a round of applause to Miss Lydia T. Blanco? That was wonderful. Yes. I love it. Well, listen, it has been a true honor to have you here on Been Worthy the Podcast. Um, I feel humbled to have heard more of your story and to have gone deeper with you in this way. Um, I'm grateful for your time and energy that you shared with us. And I hope that those listening are inspired and empowered um, and just feel 
encouraged to really step into, you know, their own power and own it, regardless of fear, regardless of, you know, the doubt and not feeling enough, but really being able to use your story as a light and guide for them. So again, thank you. I appreciate you. you. (laughs) I appreciate you. You are incredible. Thank you. Well, guys, that's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in. You know we have another credible woman, woman of color, who is doing the darn thing in her industry, ready to share her story and worthy aha moment with you. Keep it locked right here for more.